0: What is going on, everyone? And welcome back to another episode of How They're Here. This week, I chatted with one of my best friends who I actually only met for the first time the day before I recorded this podcast, graphic designer and all-around incredible guy, Will Stone. Will and I go way back. Well, actually, not really, but every time we talk, it feels like we do. We actually only met last summer when I was working with Hunter Rodensleben's company, Athlete Nation, but just a few minutes into our first phone call, I knew that Will and I were going to be more than just coworkers. As Will and I discussed in this episode, we've both come a long way since then, and as he now grows into his new career path as a graphic designer and me as whatever I'm becoming, we both find a lot to reflect on and look forward to. I don't want to say too much more because a lot is already said in this episode, so just sit back and relax. I hope you all enjoy this conversation that Will and I had, and take some time to reflect and project on your own trajectory, even if it's not so clear, and gain some valuable insight into how they're here. Dude, I'm ready. Is
1: this huh. your first podcast ever? Uh, no, because I, I have my weekly show.
0: But like you're being interviewed? Oh yeah, probably. First okay. time podcast. different. Yeah. All right. We are back. Welcome to the show. I don't know what I'm going to call it yet. We talk, I might call it none of your business. I might not. In Either either way, it's none of your... <laughs> point of the camera. Either way, <laughs> it's none of your business what I do on the show because I can do really whatever I want. But in any case, I'm joined now by longtime friend first time meeting him in person will stone this is okay this is the funny part for the people that are listening to get some context so i am right now in lincoln nebraska it is august 16th this is probably gonna come out in later in september yeah just to give you will some context okay um but i made the trip out here to finally meet in person some of the people that have been doing a lot of different work with um, online and like in different capacities for a while and I was like I gotta actually meet them in person because stranger danger yeah exactly talking with people online so I uh you you at the point of you listening to this episode you can already listen to the Hunter Roden Slave episode Hunter Roden Slave episode which will be the first episode um really a killer conversation we had um a really great guy to kick off the season with uh and now we have Will Stone who is the first guest on this sort of other you know other episode i'll probably have explained it in the first yeah. in the first episode where i do it by myself what this is but um you know we're just gonna kind of shoot the shit and we're just gonna kind of do whatever i have shoot i have questions somewhere i have my notebook i'll go get that in a second but <laughs> i have my notebook with like actually questions yeah. that were i'm like gonna ask you but you know pretty conversation yeah well, let's get it yeah so i know the first one was I want to, and I'll go get my notebook while you answer this question, right. but give me the, like, give the people the backstory of how we met. Cause I think that's kind of a wild totally. story and has predicated me sitting on your couch here in Lincoln, Nebraska, yeah.
1: <laughs> a, a position I never thought I'd be in. So explain to the people how we got here. So I want to say that, um, oh goodness it would have been June of like 2018. So like a year ago, a year and a couple of months ago, um, all I remember Really, the first conversation I had with you, I just knew that working with Hunter, we were, you know, doing Athlete Nation stuff together. And I knew that he was hiring you on as our, you know, content director, gonna, you know, take us in a direction with all of our content, you know, especially in the world of social and stuff like that. And I was, I guess, maybe a little bit taken aback because I was like, Hunter, I love the fact that we have you know, so much creative freedom. I love that I can, you know, do whatever I want. If I feel like writing a story or I feel like running a series, I can just do it. And now we've got this guy coming in and I'm afraid he's gonna micromanage me because I've I've been micromanaged my whole life by editors and stuff like that and I hate it. You know, as as any creative can attest, the more creative freedom you have, the better. And I'm sitting there just kind of like, Well, I don't know how this is gonna work. So I'm driving home from Lincoln. I've just met with Hunter at this point. This is early June of last year and um Hunter had given me your contact information. We it was our the first time I'd ever seen the the old A and H Q, which you never even saw in person.
0: Yeah, I kinda got ripped off because <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm gonna come out here and see A and HQ and I'm gonna like get the whole experience yep. and like, you know, I work for or used to work for these guys. Yeah. And, you know, Hunter has a great apartment. Don't get me yeah. wrong. We recorded in his <laughs> really fantastic bachelor pad, but Still, nevertheless it wasn't like the true office space but I, anyway
1: i don't i don't want to i don't want to slam hunter because i love hunter and nate and those guys are great yeah. but uh you you didn't miss a whole lot by not getting to see a and hq there was it was the tour would have lasted a couple seconds it was super nice and it felt kind of bougie honestly and yeah. I'm, i loved it but uh it, you would not have um you know whatever but point is um just seeing a and hq was super hyped about you know where things were going with that and stuff like that and hunter has told me hey we're uh you know, we're hiring this Tyler guy. I think you'll really like him. Uh, maybe get connected with him or whatever. So you and I like messaged on Slack, I feel like actually, and we set up like a time to talk and we were going to talk that, you know, I, I think it was probably a Thursday or Friday and we were going to talk that morning. And so I'm driving home from Lincoln and I just talked to you on the phone while we're in the car or while I'm in the car driving home. And I pitched you, I feel like this idea of the on deck series with the, the baseball guys. I would feel like I at least like the the beginning stages of the idea. I gave you this concept of like, Oh hey, the M L B draft was like five days ago, like what if we do something with that or whatever and you were kinda like, Oh, that seems like a cool idea. And at that point, I mean just just having talked to you and getting the feel for you, I was like, Oh, this kid's cool for one. He knows what he's doing and he likes my ideas. So automatically I'm gonna like him. Basically, if, if someone likes my ideas, I think I think they're my best friend now. So noted. I mean
0: that's funny too, because I remember also talking to you, I was working my internship in Green Bay and I I like, just, just like left the office and was, like yeah. walking outside the office and like work. Like, I'm getting paid for it? Screw yeah. this. I'm going to go talk to Will Stone on the, yep. on the phone. But I, I remember calling you and like, you just wouldn't shut up. Like, yep. You kept yep. talking. Yep. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, I thought like I was going to be running this. I remember call.
1: that's what you said. And I'm like,
0: like, dude, I, I think I made something along the lines of like, I have finally met somebody that talks. Cause like, I'm yep. super long winded on the phone and i finally met somebody who can outwind you rivaled me and <laughs> ch- like the sense of how much i talked so i thought that was really funny and then yeah you you probably pitched me an idea and like from from my point of view it was like i was really kind of thrown like i had i didn't actually have experience in like yeah content direction yeah and all of these roles are inflated anyway like totally we, you know Hunter's the ceo yeah like, what does that mean yeah like, exactly you're the lead like writer. yeah i was like, what the does that lead mean? feature writer doesn't like, have a whole lot oh, of money no, behind it so yeah like, true but who, who cares you know it's not like these titles bring about higher pay grades i don't
1: i don't want to say if you watched. the you watched the office yeah sorry to interrupt you but uh you know, when, uh, Pam, when they bring the delivery in and they're like, where's the office manager or whatever. And Pam's like, I'm the office administrator. Yeah. And she like finesses her way into that job. <laughs> for, like, like several weeks. She's just like, exactly. She's just telling everyone that that's her job. And that was kind of how it always was for me. Uh, it was just kind of like, well, Hey, give me this label. So I have more like credibility when I'm reaching out to people, I can be like, I'm the lead video writer. And I mean, I was the first one. I mean, it wasn't like, right. it wasn't like I didn't somewhat deserve the title or whatever, but I mean, it was one of those where I was kind of just, you know, telling people, hey, I'm the lead feature writer, I'm the content manager, I'm whatever I am, and, you know, went with it anyway. Yeah, no, I was just
0: going to say, like, I, like Pam, I didn't have the qualifications, and I just kind of, when I was kind of pitching Hunter on myself, I was like, this is what I did, this is what I think I can do, and that was the role of, like, managing all the content creators was the one that he thought, and honestly, I thought it was a pretty good role for me because you guys were all, like, way more talented and are way more talented than I am from that point of view, so my skill set was really, like, creating direction and then communicating that direction and yeah. like helping facilitate. And like, I always saw my role as like, I need to take away as many hurdles for these guys as I can like deal totally. with, deal with all the stuff that like they, nobody wants to deal with so that they can just focus on doing what they do so well. Because at the end of the day, we're all working for free. I'd probably felt a little better. Like if you're getting paid, but I'm like, yeah. these guys aren't getting paid. So like they shouldn't have to pull up, put up with any, like the bullshit that yeah. comes with being a part of a small like changing direction so frequently and totally. all that sort of stuff where it's like I'll front those blows if if they can just do what they do well, which is I th- I thought, I thought it worked out. So yeah. yeah, I mean to your point about micromanaging, I had similar fears of like what like what do I even do? Yeah. Like what's my like yeah. I'm not I don't have any direction to give them. Like I didn't have any <laughs> micro to manage basically. Yeah, exactly. It was like what do I even do? So we met through Athlete Nation and then Athlete Nation decided it didn't need us anymore. Yeah, it took a it, different know, direction. You know that whole saying of oh, like, yeah. um, I, I was here in baseball. It's like, uh, this kid needed baseball a little bit more than baseball. Yeah, him. exactly. We needed Athlean Nation a little bit more than Athlean Nation yeah. needed, needed us, but you know we would never say that. Like, no, never, of course not. No. But course it was a great not. experience. And yeah. It, it afforded us the ab- ability to meet each other. Yeah. It was really great. And then we kind of went in our in our own directions. We obviously stayed in touch. Oh, totally. That's why we're here. Um, and you kind of transitioned a little bit yourself yeah. like you when you were working at athlete nation you were the lead feature writer <laughs> and you you know you were and are yeah. going to school for journalism and now you do graphic design at a really high level you yeah. know so i want to talk a little bit about like that transition away from journalism mm-hmm. into graphic When we were talking about a lunch earlier yeah. today but like what what was that
1: like yeah well i mean i think you know really the first time i kind of got my feet wet in graphic design Well, i was joking with my mom like i don't know a week ago or something that I remember I would have been like, you know, 9 or 10, and, you know, the Michigan quarterback, uh, Denard Robinson, long, you know, dreadlocks, whatever, super athletic, you know, kind of the first real, like, dual threat guy. Um I remember just for whatever reason I sat down at like Microsoft Paint one day before I had any idea about anything and I just like drew him on Microsoft Paint whatever at the computer I thought, I, was, you're, I
0: thought you were going to compare yourself to Denard Robinson I, you're I, like, I am Denard Robinson <laughs> <laughs> I can use Microsoft Paint and write eloquently I am Denard Robinson
1: not what I was going to say but I mean hey the good comparison works I guess the metaphor works, by I'll the way. just say I'm the Denard Robinson of creatives but anyway I'm Denard Robinson of Microsoft Paint and <laughs> Microsoft Office yeah exactly I know <laughs> I, I can put that on my resume Yeah. You know, how to use microsoft paint (laughs) anyway um so like i remember like doing that and like that was something i thought about recently now like looking back i'm like wow i guess i got my foot in the door way earlier than i thought i did right um but then i get to high school my i guess i should preface this by saying my uncle is a pretty high level graphic designer did, did design for like columbia and mountain hardware and stuff like that now is like the head of branding at some company in Chattanooga or something like that I'm not entirely sure but I guess like the creative thing has run run in my family to some extent and I always you know had that creative itch with journalism and that was kind of the the track I knew I wanted to take and so in high school I uh did newspaper um and was you know a sports editor all that fun stuff I was trying to combine my love of sports and my love of writing and creating and stuff like that um and the beauty of newspaper was I got to uh use photoshop and adobe creative cloud and stuff like that and i got to like you know rudimentary learn those you know skills or the, got the rudimentary knowledge of said programs and knew the basics of how to make a cutout and how to do this granted it's evolved i've evolved you know immensely since then you know since the days of right quick select and just delete and oh hey we got a cutout you know whatever like now know so many more things that's now, not how you do it now it gets to the whole that gets to the whole pen tool versus quick select versus lasso versus select so the mask i and guess some things to learn later it's, today it's all I'm saying yeah we can teach you but uh <laughs> but anyway, so, um, like that was the beginning of it. And then I remember sitting in my dorm room freshman year. Um, I was watching a game on TV and this would have been like second semester of freshman year. So August of, or April of, I guess last year it would have been. So April of 2018. Um, yeah, April of 2018 ish. And I was like, you know what? I want to, like, I see what people are making. I see the cool stuff that, People are putting out the edits, you know, sick edits and all this. Like, I could do that. Like, I bet I could. I bet if I taught myself a little bit about how to do it, I could do it. And so, I kind of sat down one day and, and I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. And I remember I made like myself like a design account and on Instagram and I was going to, you know, it was going to be like my business account both for my stories and my designs and stuff like that. And all my friends kind of laughed at me because they were like, well, like, like, why are you posting all your designs? Cause like, this isn't what you want to do. You want to do journalism and all that stuff. Right. And I'm like, sure. But like, it's fun. It's a fun side hobby or whatever. Uh, but I mean, I knew it wasn't like my future or whatever. Sure. And, th- and then the side hobby just kept going and, I wouldn't say I really like started focusing on it until probably like November or December of last year. Um, or uh, probably early, early, late October, early November was when I really got in on it. Um, I had been making edits for people, not like a lot of them, but like I kind of hustled myself a little bit and this one kid had hit me up who was going to like Baylor or something like that. And I wasn't sure. Um, What you know? What was going on and stuff, but live studio audience entering the door. We have live studio audience. Jacob sedlicek is here. I had one with
0: Hunter earlier today too. His friend Tanner was like in the building. I'm like, that's
1: crazy. Are those pickles, Jacob? Pickles. Hello, Jacob. You can talk, dude. It's a podcast. It's actually an audio. Yeah, we've got audio going on right here. You you want to walk in front of the camera and say hi to everybody?
0: Yeah, dude, do it. Do it. This part might not even make it. There it is. This part might not even make it.
1: Anyway, point is, it's like you know early, uh, late October, early November. And I told myself, I, the one edit I want more than anything is Wandale Robinson's. And I was like, I'm going to hustle my way. I'm going to get better. I'm going to hustle my way. And I'm not even going to get into that whole Wandale story. But the whole point is I hustled my way to it and I got it. And yeah, you know, he, he sent me, he told me I was going to do his edit or whatever. And Um, you know, after a roller coaster of things, you know, he commits to Nebraska and I'd made the edit and it blew up, you know, even to this day, it's, it's some of my worst work and I hate it now, but like, I look back and I'm like, Hey, I mean, I told myself I was going to get it and I did. And he was like a top 40 player committed to Nebraska. It's, you know, I think it's his pen tweet right now. It has 13,000 likes and 5k retweets or whatever. Like it's, it's, it did good. And it got a lot of engagement and people thought it was really cool. And now I hate it. But at the time it was like big for me. And then I kind of just kept it going through, um, you know, December and into January and suddenly in February and March, I'm all my free time is working on edits and, and doing stuff for people and whatever. And I, uh, there's a real kind of divide and I don't want to go too much onto a tangent or get on my soapbox here. There's a real divide in the world of free work or not free work. And at what point, you know, do you stop? And Dude, that was a topic that I had written down. Great. Well, so get into it. Okay. Well, I guess we can, but, uh, I, you know, it's one of those where so many people go, you can't work for free. There's no such thing as free work. You need to get paid for what you're doing and all this stuff. And to some extent, I agree. There there are people that underpay for, you know, positions. You know, we talked about it a little bit with actual teams and stuff like that and yeah. companies. And there are people who don't value designers and creatives the way that they need to be valued. But at the same time, if you're a high school kid and you want an edit, if you're charging a high schooler five or ten bucks for a, for a thing, you're you're so far in the wrong direction like i know what it's like to be a broke college student or a broke high school kid i mean i've always worked and so i've always had like money but at the same time like it's one of those where like these guys full-time job is football like if you're a d1 kid and sure like i wouldn't even say it's all about like the exposure so much it's just about the practice like you don't get good if you don't practice and if i don't say i want wandale's commitment at it or if i don't want you know, to do you know, get better or whatever. Like, I wouldn't you know do it for free and stuff. But I was like, I want to get, I want to get better. I want to get practice. And and sure, the exposure is nice. The followers are cool. The the getting the experiences of saying I did Wandale's commitment Editor, or that my name is attached to that and everybody notices. You know, that's that's cool. But it's one of those where it's like, there is a time and place to say I'm not going to work for free. You know, if if Kobe Bryant hits you up and is like, Hey, I need um, to redesign my Black Mamba logo. I want you to do it for free. All I can do is give you exposure. I'd say no, sorry, Kobe. You have all the money in the world. Pay me to do, you yeah, know, whatever. But at the same time, like, I'm not gonna charge a high school kid. And so, like, that was the beautiful thing. I people knew me as the guy who did free edits, and I wouldn't do all of them. And there were times. Like, this is gonna sound bad and very hypocritical because of what I just said. But <laughs> there are times where I would like say, okay, yeah, it's gonna cost you like five bucks for me to do that for you. Yeah, mostly for small. And it's probably even more hypocritical because I would only do that to small school kids, which would mean that they probably have even less to work with than the d1 kids sure. but at the same time the amount of effort that goes into crafting a quality small school edit is absurd compared to like you're getting way smaller pictures you're getting you're not you don't have any official visit pictures that are like high quality jpegs or or even raw photos or something like that you know it, but the point is like people knew me as the free edits guy and so Everyone just send, send their kids me. So ultimately we're getting to February and March and I'm making four or five personalized edits a day. My DMS are full of guys just going, can I get edits? Can I get edits? Can I get edits? That's funny. I recently put in my Instagram bio and you noticed, but I don't do edits anymore. I put that in my bio because I keep getting kids, not as much as I used to, because I haven't put myself out there in six months since I got hired by Nebraska. But, um, you know I mean still kids are all the time are just like hey you know you, you did an edit for my boy Trey Carter back in the day or uh Trajan or, or somebody like that and we saw it can we get an edit too and I, I'm like uh a lot of times I don't even respond, honestly, because I just don't have time to even think about it or say anything. So I feel bad. If you're somehow listening to this and you've requested an edit from me and I haven't even gotten back to you. I don't think the demographics are up at all. <laughs> I, will, I will plug it on my Twitter yeah. and they will see it then. Oh, and shoot. Yeah, I'll cut up this clip
0: and I'll be, this will be Will's new pin tweet. It, thank you. <laughs> you out there, want it, before you hit that DM button, <laughs> don't. don't. <laughs> I won't respond. Don't. You're not getting an edit. That's I, funny.
1: I think really ever since Nebraska hired me, I've only done maybe two edits for people that aren't like Nebraska because a, I don't have time. I do. I mean, I do my own personal projects that are like for fun on the side, but like commissioned. the only ones I've done are for kids that I knew before Nebraska, like long before. and, and Mm -hmm. It was like when I would say, "Hey, I want to do a project. Who should I do?" And some kid would be like, "Oh, do me!" And I'd be like, "Oh yeah, you're my friend. Like, I I like you. You know, yeah. you're. We've had a cool thing. Like, it's that's kind of the cool thing. That's honestly what I came to love more than even just doing the design was like the building of relationships. Like, there's this kid, Connor Housley. If you see this, um, he, he he's another kid that follows me. He's pitching at Tennessee and he got drafted by the Rangers. Cool kid. Uh, but we comment on each other's Instagram posts and stuff like that all the time. Sure. And it's always the you know you're a legend. No, you're a legend. You know that kind of stuff. And it's just I mean it's just fun. Like you know whatever guy banter yeah exactly yeah you you just I mean you just like you see those guys and someday maybe they're gonna be pitching in the bigs and I'm gonna be like dude I I remember when I did an edit for that kid and it was just it was fun you know and so anyway that doesn't really explain the whole transition from journalism into that I forget that was the initial question it was because (laughs) it got on the tangent I'm sorry I really I'm really bad at staying on task sometimes but point was we get to march and i'm doing so many of these things and i'm realizing i love this and and i remember i texted a friend back in january and i was just like how do i not have a job with a school how has no school called me and been like hey come make edits for us granted looking back i'm like wow I was an idiot thinking that i was good enough to get hired by a school yeah yeah but i was like man i hustle so hard and i work so much and i put in so much effort how am i not and i know that my stuff's good everybody loves it you know how am i not hired and literally the next day I get a call in church from the coach at Maryland and uh, they were like, the University of Maryland football team was like, hey, come do stuff for us. So I did, and that was a real learning experience. I don't want to say anything bad about them because they gave me a shot. And granted, like I said, I probably didn't deserve a shot. I probably wasn't good enough looking back on it. But it was one of those where, um, you know, now, you know, I got I got some cool experience there. And when Nebraska made the transition from um you know, one unified social team to a social team and a football creative team, I was able to say, Hey, Aura, um, or is Aura Garst biggest legend out there. I mean, he's a creative mind unlike any other. It's incredible working with him, but he gets hired at Nebraska and I just shoot him a Twitter DM. That's, that's probably the biggest thing I can say is like the, the amount of social media connections in the world of creative, you know, in the creative community is unreal. Like, like, I have a list of guys, like this is going to sound really corny, but I have a list of like eight or 10 designers that I want to follow me in the next year just to like kind of validate myself. Like I want to build connections with these guys and like, you know, maybe do work with them at some point or just whatever. But like, these are the kind of guys that I want to be like and all this stuff. But I mean, you shoot a DM to somebody and, and a lot of them are cool. Some of them aren't. Some of them are like, like, that's a weird thing when you're a creative. And when you know you're like good at what you do, there can be a kind of an ego thing. And that's kind of it's all, I mean, it's a struggle for me. I mean, it's a struggle for humans in general, it's right? Just that concept of ego and whatnot. But I think, you know, just if you can humble yourself and get to the point where you say, Hey, I would love to like, I, I don't want to like always treat it like I'm always calling in favors or whatever, because that's not necessarily the way to live your life. But if you just say, Hey, like looking for a shot, I want to, you know, I want to show you what I can do. I want to, whatever, you know, it, you just never know what's going to happen. So I DM Aura and I go, Hey, congrats. Welcome to Lincoln. Go big red. You know, all this stuff. Um, don't know if you'll ever want to hire somebody or need to hire somebody or anything just to like as a part-time guy, but I'm here, I'm around, hire me if you want, you know, all this stuff. And, Aura's is like, seriously, would you really be interested in that? I'm like, of course. So, uh, I mean, a, a couple of weeks later I get hired. And even then, I don't think when I first got hired at Nebraska, did I think this was going to be anything more than just my part-time college job. And then I started like falling in love with the, the process and, and sending recruits edits and, and stuff like that. I mean, I don't send recruits edits, but making edits that get sent to recruits and stuff like that. Um, and being a part of that. And, you know, really like I was telling you that the, the feeling, the rush of seeing a guy that you help recruit commit to the, your school and like the place you love and you, you know, work and, and all this stuff like, Having a hand in that is an unreal feeling. I mean, it's just this huge sense of accomplishment, especially when they're top guys. You know, we had a guy earlier this year. I don't even know if I can say his name or whatever without getting a recruiting violation. But we had like a top forty guy. It's the last thing this podcast needs. Exactly. Let's, violation. Let's get it all slapped. More out. bootstrapping already. Exactly. I, I, I last night the NCAA reason, Exactly, mine, right? dude. Yeah. It's gonna, <laughs> this is gonna reflect badly on your
0: podcast. You
1: got you got FBI knocking on your door the next no. day. Hey yo. Damn um, it. Anyway, but but we had this kid and and we knew that Oklahoma is recruiting him and Texas is recruiting him. And he, like I said, he's a top 40 guy and we were like, we need to get this kid. And we, you know, we're sending him stuff every week. I mean, we send everybody something every week and, and, but this kid, especially we knew he was big and we were like, he's going to be in town for the spring game. We've got to send him a bunch of good stuff the, a couple of weeks before. So we've been sending him stuff. And, and I mean, not like my stuff was amazing or anything, but we were sending him content and I helped and all this stuff. Spring game day, he announces in front of the whole team that he was committed and it was like the craziest, I got chills watching it happen and like it's insane. You know, you see that and you're like, that is my hard work paying off and If when Nebraska wins something, you know, if they win a conference championship or something like that, I'm going to know that I helped. Like, I I helped build that program, you know. Like, I helped do that. A small, small part. You know, I don't want to, like, take, like, a whole lot of credit for something. But it's that concept of, like, I had a hand in that. And not a whole lot of people can say they had any kind of impact on anything of their favorite team or something like that. And I can say to some extent I had an impact on that. And it's crazy. I think people on Twitter would disagree. I think, you know, fans on Twitter would be like, well, I actually—
0: you know, as a Green Bay <laughs> Packer owner myself, I would like to say <laughs> that Matt LaFleur was my coaching hire. <laughs> this and is true. This is yeah. true. So I think it's interesting that you make that transition yep. from, and we talked about earlier, like I said, but like, they're not totally like right journalism and graphic design are totally different to yep. where it's like man you really pulled a 180 on yeah. us but at the same time they're different veins of creativity totally. and i think people kind of segment those as like oh you're a graphic designer you're kind of creative yep. in a more visual way while yeah it's more of a, a different yep. like linguistic almost like hard tactical creativity that yeah journalism. <laughs> what kind of like synergies are there that remain between graphic design and journalism for? like are there yep. is there anything that sort of connects the two still for you is there something that is keeping journalism sort of like around in your, you know, in your aura of, of creativity, or is that kind of to the side now and you're solely focused on graphic design?
1: Well, I mean, I, I definitely would say probably 80% to 90%. It's totally separate. You just got to kind of take one direction and run with it. But what I would say probably the most interesting thing is um, catchy slogans are huge in recruiting, you know, I mean, just, I mean, probably, your, your three biggest things if you're gonna like make a you know recruiting you know if you're gonna try and recruit a kid you need to know a what's culturally relevant you need to be pop culturally hip you know more stranger things references more you know themed stuff you know i remember when avengers was coming out we made so many in-game edits and all this stuff i'll show you one later that's a it's we had a kid who took an official visit post or picture where he was kind of posed like this or whatever and i did a poor job at the, I mean, now it's poor job at the time. I thought it was like my coolest thing ever. And everybody was like, this is your best work and all this stuff. And I'm still proud of it to this day for concepting it. But the guy's standing kind of like this and I photoshopped a captain America shield on his back and stuff like that. And I just blended it all nice. Yeah, and, And it looked cool, but, but you know, it's like knowing what's culturally relevant and what's, you know, cool and all this stuff. Um, but so that's like one big thing. Another big thing is, you know, just knowing the typography of things, like knowing how to like what fonts look good and stuff like that. And, part of that is journalism, the layout concept. Like I know my whole, um, high school career being, you know, an editor and stuff like that. And having those responsibilities, there was a lot of layout stuff involved in making sure things look right on the page. And that's, that's to a very dumbed down extent. Part of what graphic design is all about is making sure stuff looks right. And it's put in the right places and your words accent everything correctly and stuff like that. So that, that's one thing that ties together really well. And another is just the way the text is laid out. You know, if you, if you know what, 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 buzzwords are going to trigger, you know, strong emotional responses and stuff like that. It's all about connecting with someone. it's so like a big thing in journalism is connecting with your audience and making them want to read more and want to whatever more. You are hitting that mark just like you are in college football recruiting. You are trying to get the p- kid to feel a relevant tie to your school or your program or something like that. So yeah. something's, you know, things I like to do in that sense and, and it would be the same Just in journalism, I mean, it's different to some extent. You want to know your audience really well. So almost every week before something happens, I'll go and I'll look at the, you know, six, seven guys I have for the week that I've got to make stuff for. I'll go to their Twitter accounts and I'll just read their tweets and see what kind of person they are, you know, just to see what they're into and what what stuff resonates, what music they like. You know, I, I would say some of my best work comes when I know that the kid listens to Young Thug and I can go really out of the box and I can, you know, think weird concepts that they might like, you know, and maybe they don't like it. Maybe it's whatever, but it's that concept of feeling like I know my audience and I know what I'm creating for and all that. And it's just, you know, kind of one of those crazy things. So I would say that there are some definite tieovers or tie ties between the two. Yeah. Not, not that they're very connected because they are, like you said, very different veins of creativity. And the truth is, I always joke, like, I don't think of myself in any way or didn't used to at least as an artist like in no way shape form or fashion was i artsy i can't draw to save my life like if we tried to get me to draw a picture of something it would look so bad i mean it would probably ultimately resort to like a glorified stick figure and call (laughs) it good but um you know it's one of those concepts where like i'm very not artistic but for whatever reason when i sit down with a mouse or a tablet and my computer screen i can make something happen and it's crazy but you know it was always kind of the same thing with journalism. Like I couldn't really tell you why I, and I, I I still can't, you know, I don't know why I was like decent at that stuff. It's just kind of one of those natural things that you like either have it or you don't. And it's not that I I really, I don't want to oversell like my qualifications or what I'm good at or whatever, because I'm fine. There's so many people in this world that are so much more talented than me and will always be more talented than me. But it's one of those concepts of like, yeah, you just, you have that natural gifting or you don't. And I feel like for whatever reason, God gave me that a little bit. So, Alrighty. Sorry to interrupt this fantastic conversation. I actually really did
0: enjoy this conversation with Will. It felt much more casual, uh, really something that I wanted to, to try to incorporate into this season. So I'm glad that Hopefully, at least, that that tone is coming across. But we do have to pay the bills here at How They're Here Incorporated. So I want to first tell you about the sponsor that we have for this episode called WeBull, W-E-B-U-L-L. Have you been thinking about getting into stock trading? It's a very smart person move to to trade stocks. And if you want to convince your friends and your family that you're a smart Wall Street type uh, intellect, then I would recommend getting into stock trading and do it with WeBull, W-E-B-U-L-L. We have a special offer here for our listeners. I'm, I'm laughing because it's not true. It's just a, a, a promotional program that they have that anybody can take advantage of. But here's the deal. If you want to get a free stock valued between $2.50 and $250 U.S. Uh, dollars, you can do that just by opening an account on Webull. So all you have to do is download the app, open an account, and you get a free stock between $250 and $250. Then if you put $100 in, because obviously you're going to want to put money into trade stocks, put $100 in uh, you get another free stock valued between eight dollars and a thousand dollars. So that happens when you put your first one hundred dollars in. You're going to do it anyway because you're going to want to trade stocks. And then you get more free stocks on top of that. When you do it, I get a free stock. Uh, you click the link in the bio to 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 do that. The link in the show notes. Download Webull, Get a free stock. I get a free stock. Everybody wins. We conquer capitalism together, and that's so fantastic. I also want to tell you about my podcasting equipment so if you like how i podcast if you like how this sounds and you're like hey i want to start my own podcast well you definitely should it's a great medium a great way to meet people Uh, click the link in the show notes or you can go to kit.com forward slash how they're here Uh, and you can see all the stuff that I use for my podcast setup. Uh, I've done all the work for you. I I sort of found this budget uh, and budget combination that also sounds really good. Uh, You can get the podcast sound exactly like you hear it here. Uh, And by clicking the link in the show notes, it takes you to a website, gets you all the equipment that I use. That links you out to an Amazon account. You buy something through that link. I get a little kickback. Everybody wins. So Make sure to do that, Amazon, uh, kit.com, how they're here, Webull, click the link in the, uh, the show note for both of those things. Now, back to your regular scheduled programming with Will Stone. Stone, you are a man of many words.
1: Yes, I'm, I apologize.
0: I mean, it's great for a podcast. You know, you're kind of just hijacking. Yeah, we'll have, have, kind of hijacking my own podcast. Have fun editing all this at <laughs> some point. I am over it. <laughs> I'm like, all right, cut this out here, cut this out here. You're like, I thought we recorded for three hours. It's like, well, man, 45 minutes of that was actually all right. So.
1: I'm one of those people that believes a 20-minute podcast is good. I tried to tell Hunter Rodenslave that all the time. And yeah, Col- you really did. Remember the Colton Stone days? I, Colton Stone, if you hear this, I'm n- not bashing you in any way. But- Colton Stone, you are a great podcast. A silky, smooth voice. Your voice could, you know, it, make Tom Rinaldi cry.
0: It really could. Yeah, you were big on the... Uh,
1: short podcast. Short podcast. Big fan.
0: I'm a long form guy, to be honest.
1: Well, I'm here for it. Well, <laughs> I'm literally here you for literally, it. You are here for it, <laughs> and you're
0: you're not only here for it. You're contributing to it. And I would say you're doing more. Most of the contribution. I am the. From that standpoint. I am
1: what I hate at this moment, and yeah, I apologize. You, you really
0: are. So now in graphic design, in your you've really kind of, I think identified it, at least in me knowing you identified it as your aspirational yeah. type career, um, for what you want to do going forward. Totally. I'm a little curious on like the whole like practical side of it. And I'm always kind of into the nitty gritty part of it. So like when you have, a, so you like, you identify a recruit, mm-hmm. right. And you say like, okay, we're going to make a graphic for this guy. Is there like a, is there like a priority list of like, okay, we got to make a graphic with this guy, or this guy, or this guy. And you just like DM it to him. And I'm like, so, what do you hope he does with it? Do you so, hope
1: he sees it and like, wow, this is cool? I want to go here. Yeah, I mean, th- at, at the very base, yes, that's exactly what happens. Okay, we, you know, without giving away our whole recruiting strategy. There's a list of, you know, top prospects or whatever that we want most. You know, we have them ranked. and in, co- in Minnesota. The co- well, yeah, yeah. P.J. Flack. <laughs> this is how I get him on the podcast. P.J. Flack, listen to this. He's, he's, my, dream, Brass- he's, he's my, my dream podcast strategy. guest, and this is how I get him on the podcast. No, we've... So, you know, we've got our list of, you know, targets, and, you know, they're prioritized and stuff like that, and the list fluctuates from week to week, and um, there's, I think, four of us who make, like, legitimate recruiting content each week, um, and the four of us kind of rotate the list. So whoever our you know, top, whatever guys are for the week, however many we have some weeks, it's a lot. Some weeks it's not a lot. It just kind of depends. Well, I'll just cycle through. Um, and so, you know, I'll get for them. I mean, roughly I'll get the same guy once every fourth week or whatever, you know, whatever it is. And yeah, so we'll make the content. We'll upload it to box. It'll sit on box for a couple of days, depending on when we get it done. We have to get them done by Monday each week. um, You know, Aura. If you're listening to this in two months, I'm Friday, and I still only have two of them done. You also saw that fire car concept, though, and you thought it was good. So, just know I'm still cranking out good ideas. It was really good. Anyway, can I flash that? Can I post that? Yeah, you can. You can post. You'll send that to me. It was cool. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) talk about topical. Topical. (laughs) Oh yeah. Anyway, the point is, um, they'll sit on box for a little bit. Um, And then likely Monday of the next week or we'll comb through them or we just hired a new guy. So he'll probably start combing through them, get them to the coaches and the coaches will send them to the kids, um, usually just a text message or something like that. We can't because then it would be a recruiting violation because we're not full time employees or coaches of the university or whatever. And we want to help the coaches build the relationships with the kids. Yeah. And. Really, I mean, I think the only thing we quote-unquote hope to get out of it is that concept of Nebraska cares about me. We're high on their priority list. They make me cool stuff. You know, when a kid posts my work, it's cool. I like retweeting it and stuff like that. Um, You know, just seeing that they liked it and whatever. But, you know, I mean, I know my stuff is good. You know, I don't need a kid to post it to tell me or whatever. (laughs) I'm just over here sucking, but whatever. Anyway, the point is it's just, you know, yeah, we we the goal is to, you know, build relationships with these kids through the work that we do so
0: yeah that makes sense so you t- taught yourself yeah graphic design some so a process that i'm like currently yeah. we're, we're all currently like there's always just so much to learn yeah like, i'd love to meet the person who thinks they have like everything figured like, out. mastered yeah but
1: we're all learning all the time what what did you do to go through that like what how'd you teach yourself basically so really, like I said, I started in high school, um, just with the rudimentary knowledge of Microsoft Photoshop. Paint. Well, yeah, I started with Microsoft Paint <laughs> back and Microsoft day. Paint. Then we got to Creative Cloud in high school, and everything was good. And I, I, got the basics of just, you know, here's how to edit a picture. Here's how to do all this stuff.
0: Do you pay for Creative Cloud?
1: Uh, I get it from the university for free. I downloaded illegally for free. Hey, that's what we like. I should
0: put out a tutorial for that. Yeah. That was honestly my. That was honestly one of my biggest like hurdles in like starting, because yeah. like I knew I wanted to learn like create a suite and I'm like well, I gotta start but it's it's really expensive and it's now since so they expensive. did the subscription model it's like yeah you can't like just download it once and be like no
1: good for a while yeah like you have to have the creative cloud subscription yeah and it costs like 10 it's a lot of money a month I think I mean I feel it's like,
0: like I think it's like over like there's just, like a student discount so I think it's like 20 bucks a month but that's kay. still
1: like quite a bit of money totally that's it ends I mean, up that's being uh, like 250 bucks a year basically yeah
0: and so I downloaded I'll either find the video or I'll make my own video about how to download it like illegally but for free yeah and it doesn't, like, update. So, like, if they're to come out with an update, I'll have to do it all over again. Okay. But still, I have it. That's
1: good. I mean, I respect it. Anyway. That's a, that's the way it hustle. Well, that's, like, a bare, like, people talk about, like, barriers to entry. Like, pe- like people totally. that want to do that. Well, but, yeah. I don't want to get too socioeconomic, but it's that concept of, like, you know, why do, like, different, you know, like, with the cycle of poverty and stuff like that. You know, people who can't get out of it. You know, I mean, yeah. it's that concept.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. And it's, like, I think that's... Just excuses that are prevalent in a lot of people's totally. creativity. Like, There's always a way around If you it. can just hack away at least one, which is yeah. like cost is a, is a pretty big one, totally. then all you have to do is because there's so many free resources to learn. So <laughs> like, I'm sure you're going to get into how you yeah. learned it. So, like, what, what was that like for
1: you? Yeah. So, I mean, really, like I said, I got the Creative Cloud, I had it, and I'm sitting in my dorm room in April of last year, and I'm like, I, I should do that too. And so I didn't even really know where to start. I kind of just, like, I was like, I know how to do this. I know how to use Photoshop. I know how to like move stuff and adjust it. And I know the general concept of it. Um, I can pull my, uh, my April of 2018 edit for you and I can send it to you and you can flash that too. But uh, um, it is hot garbage because I just didn't know what I was doing and I had no idea. Um, And from there, I mean, really it was like, I don't want to say I completely taught myself and I didn't like observe anyone. But I mean to some extent that's what I did. Like it was a lot of I would just see something and try and reverse engineer it myself and just try and say
0: That's the best way to do it.
1: Yeah, like like I like watching YouTube videos and now I probably watch more videos than I used to, especially when it comes to like video stuff and whatever. Yeah. Because video stuff it's harder to reverse engineer. Right. But like, oh, I see this effect they're doing and I've got an idea, I guess, in my head of how they got there. I don't always know. Like just the other day, um, Major League Baseball posted a graphic and there was another designer And it was kind of like a 3D text of image or whatever. And he was like, does anybody know how they did this? And I looked at it and my initial reaction was, oh, it looks like it's 3D text on Illustrator and I know how to do that or whatever. But then I looked at it some more and I was like, well, here it looks like they just offset the text and it looks weird you know, all this stuff. So I like, I fired back at him and I was like, I don't know if it, you know, like it might be 3d text or whatever. Um, but we just kind of bounced the ideas off of each other of what we thought it could be. And that's the way I taught myself. Basically it was just this concept of, Oh, I think this might be what they did. I'm going to try and download this brush or I'm going to try and, you know, do this gradient layer. I'm going to try and mask it in certain way. And, you know, it just, you just hope it works, you know, and yeah. sometimes it does. And suddenly you're like, holy crap, that actually worked. And yeah. then you get there. But now more recently, it's become a lot of, um, you know, watching videos and, mm-hmm. and tutorials and, and guys who do design breakdowns. There's, there's a really good dude. Um, kind of my favorite designer probably. I feel like I have a similar style to him. So I probably relate to him a lot. His name is Brett Gimmes and he's creative director, Houston football. And, He has his own YouTube channel and he posts design tutorials and I will literally start to, I'll put it on like half speed and watch the tutorial all the way through. He doesn't talk, but he just does like, he shows you the start to finish. It's the worst tutorial ever. (laughs) Well, yeah, but (laughs) it's more of just like a process. Yeah. It shows the exact step by step he takes to get to where he wants to be. And that honestly, that's exactly what I need. You know, I don't need somebody to say, oh yeah, here's, here's what you do. But if I can see exactly the way that I learn, it's Mm -hmm. the, I want to know exactly what steps we took to get there. Yeah. And I mean, it's been invaluable watching guys like that, watching guys like the Brad Jack, um, like I was showing you last night, the guy who did the Packers flat lay. Yeah, yeah. He does his own tutorials and stuff like that. And mo- most recently, there's this guy um, who does, he does just art on Instagram and most of it has like a Christian undertone. Um, but he's like the biggest thing I could right now like the biggest thing i could like aspire toward right now because he knows blending and color correction and stuff really well and so that's been my big thing recently i paid the 10 bucks for his ultimate guide to blending tutorial and i i've i haven't even finished the practice i haven't even started the practices yet i've literally only watched the first hour and 50 minute like practice no hour and 15 minute like walkthrough of the three big things you need to know about blending and i've already taken like exponential steps forward and i haven't even done the practices i'm always so skeptical about those paid courses Mm -hmm. like
0: there's a lot of them that i see that are like that might actually be kind of helpful, but I'm also skeptical about like how much value there actually is. In this. I would
1: I would 100% agree. I think you can probably get a lot of the same stuff from a free YouTube video. Yeah. But I've watched, I've followed this guy on Instagram for long enough, and I've seen the content he makes, and he's posted enough like clips of his breakdowns that aren't like his full thing. And I'm like, I feel like I could learn from this guy, and I feel like I could get something out of it. And really, he gives you the the three main rules, and suddenly, just on those three tips, I've suddenly a a whole new look on oh that's how i would make that look realistic that's how i can make this surreal image of a leopard standing behind a person and make them look like they were in the same image you know i mean obviously it's not but you could like get the vibe that it was the same and yeah
0: you know i think like you talking about reverse engineering that's like the biggest that's something that has recently started learning, like, mm-hmm. Photoshop. That's, like, the, the the biggest thing. Like, go out. So, for me, it was – I was just looking at, like, ESPN graphics because yep. those are, like, the types of graphics I thought would be easiest to make and, like, the ones, like, I wanted. Because, like, the stuff that you make for recruiting is, is pretty intricate. Um, so, I'm, like – ESPN graphics are usually just, like, lists of things. or like, they're pretty straightforward. So, I would literally go and find an ESPN graphic on Instagram and just – make it like just literally copy it and it wasn't for use of anything but it was like okay i'm gonna make this copy it exactly how it is and then go and search each technique i thought i needed to to do that because if you go and you're like if you just google how to use photoshop like there are so many like you need a direction and like what like what part of photoshop do you want to you want to you know how to like mask or clip like all like like blend like you're saying like color correction all that sort of stuff like what you could learn but if you have some sort of direction like oh i'm trying to achieve this look in this graphic then you know oh i need to know like this specific skill which i think is way more beneficial but then once you know it because like i've found myself now watching less of like those like specific how-to videos to just watching like general design videos and you're familiar enough with the ecosystem where you're like oh okay like i can implement i can implement that going forward i think it's interesting yeah it's just it's just like all like barriers to to doing it, and I think the next barrier beyond beyond cost is like you open up the like any sort of
1: any any of these softwares, and you're like, how do I learn it? Holy crap! That's how I feel about that. That holy crap is how I feel about uh, Premiere and After Effects right now. I mean, not so much Premiere anymore, but After Effects is the next like level of it. I feel like that's for everybody. After Effects is like After Effects is gonna scare. the I mean, it already scares the crap out of me, but it's gonna like be the, the stuff you can them. do it in is bananas, Un- unreal, it is insane. I just, I mean, I've I've like. I won't even say I've scratched the surface because I haven't. I've taken like my fingernail and just barely run it across yeah. After Effects. Um, but I mean like just that concept of like, oh, I can like look like I'm writing on text, you know, suddenly. Like I've, I've you know, I can't, I can't, like how does that even work? And it's, it's so much simpler than it looks. You watch a video of how to, you know, do this yeah. on After Effects. And I've got some ideas of stuff I want to like play around with sure, going sure. forward or whatever. But but the point is, it's that concept of like you open the program and you're like, all right, here I am. And I can't wait to in five years be like, LOL, remember when I didn't know how to use After Effects. Yeah. Do, you, do you think like the creative,
0: the creativity part is, and you talked about it like an either you have it or you don't sort of thing. But like, yeah. so you said you never consider yourself an artist. I don't really consider myself an artist. But like you not consider yourself, like you do a lot of like really unique and creative things. Like I think there's, there's a certain... Technical aspect, but then there's a sort of like another aspect like what do you
1: is that aspect like learnable like that? Other aspect I would say probably when I say you either have it or you don't I do mean that but at the same time I think it is something that can be developed like you can um, You can learn it in a way because the truth is like while I've always been a creative child and have always had you know kind of that you know seed in me I guess it's it's grown significantly over watching you know other people and doing it myself and wanting to get better and wanting to be more creative now kind of more than ever i think i've i went through a pretty i don't want to say i got really bad creative rut the last couple of months but this summer has been rough especially because i've been trying to create more than ever especially with like the dogs internship and stuff like that and doing social there like i've tried to just pour a lot of creativity into that outlet while also trying to do recruiting edits and it just sucks so now i've got this like ongoing list of 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 graphics ideas in my in my nose folder on my phone and it's you know getting longer by the day and whenever i think of some idea that i might want to try i'll throw it in there and then then if i'm in a rut i can go oh hey look i remember when i wanted to try that i can go try that now you know while i'm trying to come up with something it's like is it like a muscle that like you kind of have to yeah, work out. A hundred percent. I find when I am consistently working, like when I just you know get down to it and I just work and work and work and work and work, I get in the zone. And I mean, I'm I'm you know, as the kids say, I'm in my bag. You know, when when I'm working all the time, <laughs> all right. Trey Trey Morton, that, that's how it's to you when bag season, bag seasonal, <laughs> baby but seriously like these last couple of weeks i would say have been some of the best creative weeks i've had in a long time that's awesome because i sit down on the couch when i get off work between 12 and 4 before i go to the dogs and i just sit here and i create for three hours three four hours you know eat lunch and and create and I, i don't know i don't know where some of my inspiration comes from i just have tried to like open up my mind and just say all right let's stop being you know the the same thing we've always been doing and let's get weird with it and and I think that's the thing you have to learn. You have to have some element of a natural creativity. If you don't have natural creativity to yeah. some extent, you're screwed. But I feel like those people know if they have it or they don't. Totally, have it. totally. Like you're not going to see someone go, "Oh, hey, I think I should do graphic design." Yeah, if like, you've never no, been dude, a creative you're like, you're your whole account. life. Like, yeah. dude, you go work in finance. Like, yeah. not for you. Nobody's going to go, "Hey, I want to do graphic design" if you're yeah, not yeah. creative. But it's one of those where you can definitely fine tool it and tone your like you're saying it's a muscle you can you can become more creative you can up your the the inputs that you, you it's kind of like a, a volume knob or slider like yeah here's the amount of creativity i have and it's almost like a limit is put on it and you can break the limit by doing more stuff and practicing more regularly sure. and stuff like that and i find that when i'm in the zone i'm i'm in the zone
0: yeah i saw something that i kind of want to try it was like th- this guy who's like you just write 10 ideas down every day so like to your point about design like literally sit down and make yourself write. like it could be idea it could be like not even ideas but just like write a list of 10 things every day and it could be literally whatever but that sort of thing can help like flex the creativity muscle from the standpoint of like okay you're forcing yourself to be creative or you're forcing yourself to create from from that perspective so I, i think that's important for people to to, to realize that like creativity is a, a muscle in which you have to, to flex. So Will, right now for the audio listeners, is pulling up yeah, a list.
1: I have the list of, of just some of the things. And they're so like random like they there's yeah. no rhyme or reason to them whenever the idea pops into my head i'll just slap it on the list but like one thing i really want to try right now my next kind of big instagram project that i really want to try it's going to be really long and so i don't know how much it, it'll take
0: for recruiting personal yeah um personal instagram follow us personal, so yeah yeah will, at, at herb at will
1: underscore herb underscore stone herb. it's herb not herb it's a hard h because my middle name is herbert so it's Will, um, Will I'm, Herb Stone. So one Stone. of my best
0: friends from Green Bay, his last name is Herb. Oh, okay. Yarby. Like and then really? people always make fun of him because like, yeah. like Herb. Yeah. Or like like Herb, like this, like yeah. herbs and spices. Yeah. So it's Herbert. You know name Herbert?
1: Yeah, William Herbert Stone. It's a very presidential name. Yeah. Like George Herbert Walker Bush. George, yeah, George Bush. President? Oh, sure. George Herbert Walker Bush. That's well, the his, president, yeah. Yeah. Okay, anyway, point is... Um, yeah, Will, Will Herbstone. Your anyway, personal account, Instagram, what I've been wanting to try next, is a 27 post series um, that you know runs up my page like the other ones have been recently. The whole you know consistent look. Yeah, just there. in case
0: you guys think that I copied Will, Will copied me. Because on the How They're Here Instagram page, at this point, hey, you'll uh, have seen that there's a, a really coherent looking grid of, of nine posts. Hey, I'm, for I'm proud every, of you. for every person. For
1: what it's worth, neither of us copied. Neither of us. It's it was, true. We, we it was, actually we came had about the ideas at the simultaneously. simultaneously.
0: I told Will after he had already done it, yeah. so it might have looked like I was copying him. But like, there was no copying. Like, involved. Yeah, I thought about it. Yeah. Yep. Will does it better than me, so go look at his. Oh, and then look at mine and be like, I see what he's
1: trying to do. Hey. Like, if you want to see what I'm trying to do, go, <laughs> go to go Will's, Will's and, be, <laughs> and
0: then come back. You're like, oh, now I get Love it. You it. Uh, know.
1: But anyway, but so yeah. So what I wanna, really want to do is, and I'm trying to like visualize it all and get the colors to match up and like kind of in a sense have like kind of a rainbow effect or at least like a gradient that runs up the thing i'm not entirely sure how it's all going to look and i've tried to like form the idea in my head and i've tried to form it in photoshop too so like i have the grid built but i don't have the colors matching up the way i want it to and i don't know why it's not matching up but at some point when i have more free time i will dedicate it probably over the course of this fall semester i will work through it but is it 27 by 27 well it can't be 27 by 27 it'll be 27 by 9 by 3 9 by 3 is what Nine it is. Th- 27 total that's posts. Big. Yeah, I know. Because
0: all my 3 by 3s are like 3, like 3,200 by 3,200. And that's
1: uh, pretty big. I do 2048 by 2048 is the, the pixels on mine. Interesting. Yeah, because that's like the uh, optimal Instagram size. Oh, really? I don't know. I yeah. just did
0: 1080 times 3
1: times 1080 oh, by 3. Interesting. 1080 is like the perfect square. Oh, 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 like oh. Like I'm oh, talking oh, for oh. my grids. For your so for 3 posts, it's I use 2048 by 2048 for each Oh, square. for each one. Yeah, so they're super big. It's 2048 Damn. by 60 You can do 1, all that 44. 2048? Yep. I
0: thought it was only 1080.
1: Nope. Just don't 2048.
0: Damn, so that's a big okay. Anyway,
1: Anyway, point is, it's it's nine posts long by three posts wide, so it's you know it'll be twenty-seven total, but twenty-six of them. One is an explanation. The first one will be an explanation of what's happening, and the next ones will be Z to A of influential like players in my life. You know, like like people that fit. So like I've got Zach Randolph as the Z. I've got. Um, I'm not sure who I'm gonna do for the Y yet. There aren't a lot of Y players, crazily enough. So I'll probably just wind up doing. That
0: be first name or last name?
1: It can be literally any. It could be nickname even or something like that. Some oh. of them are gonna be. It's just it's just things that are tied with the letter, and it'll just be an A to Z kind of thing. I'm not entirely sure how I want the concept to look, or how I'm gonna execute it, or when I'm gonna execute it. Maybe I'll never execute it. But it's this concept of, oh, hey, I like this A to Z idea. And at some point, I want to do it. So it's on the list. Well, luckily, you and recorded
0: it also. So now if somebody does hey, it, somebody we can, can go back. Whatever. The date is August
1: 16th. And if you make this exactly. idea after, you are a copycat. Yeah. And I don't want to... I don't know when MLB Players Weekend is. It might be this weekend, honestly, or it might be next weekend. It might be next weekend. I think it's next weekend. And so that's... I got to get on this idea quick. But I want to go through the players' nicknames list and take the couple best and try and make funny, you know, Photoshop things out of that. like um, Like Punny ones? Well, like, I think um, Mike Trout's is, like, kid with a bunch of eyes. And so I'm thinking about Photoshopping Mike Trout's face onto, like, the baby, (laughs) you know, baby's body or something like that and, like, blending it nice and making it look legit. But, you know, something like that. And then I think... Tyler Glasnow's um, baby giraffe, and so I'll, like, put him amongst That'd some giraffes and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. I don't know. It's something dumb. But you just come up with, like, oh, here's what's cool, sports, pop culture, you know. I, I might even dip so, like, base surface level as just doing, like, my three stars of the week. Like, you know, um, Aristides Aquino or whatever the um, – probably butcher that pronunciation but the Reds guy who just hit eight home runs in ten oh, games yeah. or whatever um, I know exactly but I made a little thing of him on the spot the night he hit the three homers I was like oh hey we'll mess around with that just because pop culture and, and currently relevant and stuff yeah. like that I'll just post it and whatever and so I'm thinking oh maybe I'll do like a three stars of the week you know here's who had three good performances that I noticed and I made little simple edits from them not they won't be like real Con, like hard concepts or take me very long but just you know for for content purposes and stuff but what's your workflow like so when you get when you like come up with an idea do you like where do you start um I well
0: even, i don't even need to know your I, whole workflow i
1: just i where start, do you start i start with a 2048 by 2048 blank canvas that is literally empty and <laughs> yeah um the thing, this is the biggest, the craziest thing, and this is going to sound really terrible, but you already admitted to illegally downloading Photoshop, so I'm going to admit to illegally downloading images, uh, but... the Yeah, um, is after us. I mean, technically, I'm not... I'm Adobe's tec- after yeah, us. Yeah, man, Getty Images is about to be after us. Technically, yeah. I'm not illegally downloading them, but Dude, Getty... If that's illegal, then
0: we're all screwed, we honestly. Are, we if are not screwed. Just, if I just can't save an, in, yeah. an image from the internet... Well,
1: Getty... So, Getty has their, like, whole thing or whatever, and they're, like page and i didn't used to know where to find i would literally just google um, tyree hill you know whatever and just google like a picture of tyree hill and google images is the worst because you've got like eight pictures of tyree hill that are like usable for cutouts and none of them are like full body shots and that's the only good thing for the only good thing exactly so you have to go to getty images like their website just google getty images it'll pull up it has their entire database granted all of them have watermarks on them of getty images but it's all stuck into a corner of the thing I'll show you after the we were finished recording but you can just go and as long as you can find one where the picture is offset enough that the watermark isn't covering him or it's barely covering him enough that you can like clone stamp it out or something Boom, you've got a really quality image right there. And feds are going to knock on my door, dude. I'm <laughs> going to have to
0: cut this out. No, that's a, good, that's a good That's a good. tip, honestly.
1: But the point is, you know, you go there and... So I'll I'll, I'll think of my idea. Like, if I'm going to do the Tyler Glasnow Baby Giraffe one, yeah. I'll go to Getty Images and I'll try and find a good picture of Tyler Glasnow that I like. Hopefully, I can just find like a cutout of him... Or not a cutout, but a, a full body shot of him walking or something like that or standing. Something that's cool. And then I can you know, go to Unsplash or, um, you know, Pixabay or something like that. Some, you know, stock image website and, you know, download those images of giraffes and African Savannah or something and maybe blend it all together or something like that. And suddenly I have Tyler Glass now baby giraffe. And it's just a lot of like the concept of where do I go for the images? And then, cause I heard somebody say once you can't edit the pixels you can add a lot to it, but you can't actually edit the main pixels of the picture. So if I can, you know, get a good picture to start with that burning car picture, I did, thing I did yesterday. Yeah. It's cool. And I'm proud of it. But a lot of it was just like, I didn't have to do a whole lot of work to it. I just had to blend in the, the text on the car yeah. and the guy into the scene, like to make it look like he was actually standing there. I didn't have to do the, the fire on the grass. Like I sent it to my boss and my boss like freaked out. and was like, you're getting so good. And I'm like, I am getting better, but at the same time, like the fire reflection onto the grass or like the glow of the fire on the grass was already there. I didn't have to blend that on. I didn't yeah. have to, I didn't blend the car into the scene. The picture was what it was. And so honestly, uh, the key to being a good designer is to have a good photographer or to find good pictures. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, the workflow is find your pictures, dream, of, dream up your concept, find your pictures and work from there. Just kind of go. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's interesting because like,
0: especially for bigger projects like that, you just never really know where to start necessarily i totally. guess you just start in the most intuitive place i always find myself just starting with like the subject of like yep. like wh- whatever i'm doing just kind of engineer from there that happens
1: sometimes too you know if i if i just have somebody that i want to do and i have the picture or something and i'm like i don't know what i'm gonna do with Let's this figure something out yeah how do you feel like you talk a little bit
0: about <laughs> we joked about like copying but like how do you feel because that's that's kind of a thing in the totally. graphic design community of like you know, and where's that line of like, is it okay to copy like a style or like where does the line of like imitation to like, you know, there's like a flattery part to it and there's like an inspirational part to it. But at the same time, there's like, you're just ripping me off. Like, where is that? There's a bunch of ambiguous lines.
1: I don't want to act like I'm an expert on it because I'm clearly not. And I'm sure yeah. the community is incredibly split on it. I think if you ever are worried about uh, might be copying someone, you should just tag them and say, Hey, I, I you know, I was a fan of this work. Like inspired by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the truth is, like I, I saw somebody and this is this is a good attitude to have. Somebody tweeted and said, Don't be upset when people are copying you, be upset when they aren't. Because it's true. Like if people aren't copying your work, you're probably not doing great work. And if they are copying you, you're doing something right. Yeah. Granted, you don't want to take somebody else's intellectual property and reflect it as your own. Like, hey, I had this genius idea. No, I mean, there are some things that can't be copyrighted, you know, like like Brett not Brett Gimmis, Brad Jack with the flat lay of the graded card or whatever. Yeah. I then made a recruiting graphic with a graded card. You know, I, I thought it was cool. I changed most of it. I changed the look of what I was doing, but I kept that key part of the, the graded card. Of, yeah, what he's and doing. and so like like uh, and, and I'll fully credit him all day if he wants the credit for it. I I yeah, I I saw your piece. I thought it was cool and I worked with it. I mean, I did my own work. I replicated the card. I I did my own thing i didn't take any of his thing i didn't cut out his card and put my own card over it you know yeah i i I deconstructed it and reconstructed it from my own you know thing i i took a lucas giolito graded card and i turned it into a husker recruiting one or whatever and and his says gem mint and mine says pristine and you know it's just different stuff here and there like i did my own thing but yeah i took the same intellectual thing which you know, some might say, oh, yeah, you copied it. But at the same time, I, I didn't do his same concept. I didn't blend it the same way. I did a lot of things different, but at the base, it's there. But what I'm saying is, if at any point you're like, man, maybe I'm like ripping this guy off, maybe just say, yeah, I was inspired by his. I saw his work. You're plugging him. What's the worst they're going to do? They're going to say, oh, you, you ripped me off. Well, dude, I'm sorry. Like, I, all art is inspired by other art. I mean, at some right. point, I mean, even. Even guys like Picasso and and Michelangelo and, you know, all these guys like they had to have gotten inspired somewhere. I mean, I get that they have their own genius ideas, but sure. but you you have to have something. I mean No new they're, ideas. There yeah, exactly. There's nothing new under the sun. Somebody's already done it before, you know? I mean I like there are guys who do new interpretations of different things or whatever, but like I'm literally always going to be copying Garrett Little and Brad Jack and Brett Gemmis and guys like that because they're all studs and they make great work. And I mean, I'm like looking up to these guys as like, these are the guys I want to be someday and I want to be better than them and I want to be. You know, I want to be them. I I just, I just want to have the talent that they have and I want to find a way to get there. And if, if what it takes is replicating their stuff to some extent, not, not one for one ripping them off, but just saying, Hey, I tried to do their style. I tried like, like that one day when I watched the Brett Gimmis tutorial, I literally did the entire tutorial, Mm -hmm. like, or the, the whole breakdown my own picture and, and sent it to a kid or whatever. And when the kid posted it, I quote tweeted it. And I said, "At Brett Gemmes, I watched your tutorial and I did it." And he was like, "Dude, that's so cool! Like, uh, like that's why I do it and right. that's why I make the tutorials." And suddenly, like, I've gotten you know, I've gotten better, and I've credited him. I'm not I'm not saying, "Hey, look at me! I did this cool thing! Look, 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 look!" I no, he did it at first, and I'm just bouncing off of it. And so, yeah, p- play off of other people's work. I sure hope at some point that some kid copies me and I go, ha, ha, ha. I did that. Like, like that was me. And I don't even laugh at it, but it's just that concept of they liked what I did. And like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm probably a little more, like I said, I'll work for free and I'll give anybody credit. Like I'm, I'm probably a little more extreme and probably a little too nice, honestly. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you know, you can be the jerk who's like, yeah, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to live in the community like i don't want to be a a functioning member of the community i just want to be my own person i want to be my own guy whatever right or you can say i want to see people get better and um there's a guy it's funny we used to we when when the wandale thing went down way back when um this guy slid into my dms uh worked for the huskers for a while and he slid into my dms and told me how uh how like you know terrible he was and all this stuff or how terrible i was Anyway, he told me, like, how terrible I was for, like, posting and all this stuff, and we kind of just beefed about it for a while, and I was like, dude, chill out, but then, like, a couple months later, he came to my DMs again, and he apologized and was like, dude, I'm, I'm sorry, and, and ever since then, he and I have been pretty close, and, um, yeah and not, not not close close is i don't want to fake love yeah yeah we've been close we're, we're <laughs> homies but like we'll we'll, your we'll we'll interact with each other from time to time and, and he's just super encouraging to people in the community and designers and just you know he's a designer for the pga tour right now and doing cool stuff and you know i want to be like him and right. you know it, i want to be the kind of person that is both very talented at what they do and inspiring to other people and helps them get to where they want to be and you know, I sure hope that in a year and a half, Spencer Harding is running his own department somewhere and I can go work for him because that'd be fun as, f- you know, anything. So. Yeah.
0: so, I, as modest as you probably will be about it, you, you're pretty successful, at least in this graphic design area, for like we're the same 20 years old you're going to be a junior in college at the university of nebraska lincoln and uh you've had a lot of success in graphic design and in in a short amount of time too Mm -hmm. and be that what it may um you want to make a career out of it and i think it's something that you're clearly very passionate about all that being said a lot of this stuff happens outside of like the classroom so like you're like you're first and foremost a college student like you go here to be a college student I go to Minnesota to be a college student not to be a podcast host. Yep. Although I'm a darn good podcast host. Yeah, you are a darn good podcast <laughs> yes, host. I mean, we're just chilling here on the couch. <laughs> and I have been fielding ground balls. Will Stone has been screaming my way. <laughs> and um, we're, we're college students. And I I think uh, it's an interesting thing that this podcast ha- happens outside the classroom. Yeah, uh, A lot of the stuff that I dedicate a lot of my time to and a lot of the stuff that I, I want to continue to do day to day for the rest of my life it, it happens outside the classroom. Same thing for you. How do you view, view college in that like dichotomy of, okay, I'm a graphic designer. I've taught myself by myself. A lot of the stuff is happening independent of my university education. Do you see college as sort of a waste from that point
1: of view or do you see it still as something that's valuable? It's, it's a hot topic right now. Yeah, I mean, I see both sides of it because the truth is, if I really wanted to go get a job, to some extent, I probably could. I could probably go to some smaller school right now and go get hired on as a as a full time guy. I'm right. Not not make a ton of money. Not not be exactly where I want to be. But you know, I mean, I could I could do it probably. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Maybe I don't I don't know. I don't want to act like I'm oh yeah so good or whatever. But like I probably could go get a job somewhere if I really wanted to. And my degree is relatively meaningless. I'm not getting a graphic design degree. I'm not you know whatever. I'm not like oh wow I'm, I'm four classes away from unlocking everything about adobe and like being a god you know like it's just like i'm i go to school for journalism and sports communication and i still have gen eds that i have to finish taking and last year i spent every day in world history sitting there working on commitment edits instead of paying attention <laughs> and you know like it's just right. like like to, to yeah to some extent i feel like college is kind of pointless but at the same time having that piece of paper and that degree in a year and a half will be really nice to just be done with college and say yeah i did it and and the truth is like i don't want to say like oh yeah it's one of my best qualities but like starting something and finishing it is is huge like there have been so many things in my life that i've started and wanted to finish and haven't and Mm -hmm. college could just be another one of those things and you want to do hard things sometimes and push yourself and then when you go into the interview they go why should we hire you and i go well two years ago i could have gotten out of college and gone and gotten a job somewhere i could have you know could have gotten hired somewhere but i chose to stick out college and that should show you the kind of person i am that i'm a hard work ethic kind of guy and yeah but it is it's yeah i would say that to some extent i feel like college is a waste and i kind of hate it and i wish i could just (laughs) move on fair enough but simultaneously college is good and and the truth is i get a year and a half more to work with aura and to work with cj and guys like that and grow in that environment and resume build you know Mm -hmm. like i i i'm not looking to you know get out of nebraska quick but you know, I, I kind of hope soon that another school will call me up and want me to freelance and maybe hopefully I could do both. Hopefully it's like a basketball team and they want me to help work for them sure, and I can sure, do sure. basketball and football exclusively and they won't compete with each other and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, I you know, I, I want to grow while I can, while I'm still not on the hook for, you know, whatever. And Hey, I mean, I, we got a house now I'm in Lincoln. I don't have to go anywhere, you know, whatever, but you know, it's just stuff like that. It's, you know, it's all interesting and it's weird. And I, I have that conversation with my dad all the time where it's like, I would love to go be a creative director somewhere as soon as possible, but you know, I'm just living while I can. So,
0: yeah. It's like this whole thing of like not rushing through everything. Like we, I have this conversation so many times because pretty recently I've had this like weird concern that I just need to have every, like I just need to start getting things figured out. And it's like, that just brings about such an urgency that I think is really unwarranted, especially at our age. And, uh, I I, just think it's, like, it's just good to have times in our lives when, like, however you view college. I don't know. I, I have gripes with people who are, like, colleges, you know, it's the bane of everybody. Oh, totally. Like, you know, the traditional university system is broken. It's like, well, no, there's still a lot of value there. And Hunter and I were talking about it. Like, it's just really a circumstantial value. You know, it's not for everybody, and it's totally. not, not for everybody. But I think it's just a great time to be able to have like gain that perspective. Like, yeah. I, like if we were to both to have gone right into the workforce, it's like, we just kind of lose a perspective of like, this is what I want. Like you, you switched what your career path was going to do. Maybe you didn't need college to so, do that, but like, I think it's I think it's still formidable time. Acting I don't think
1: like there's a true right or wrong way to do yeah, something. No, that's just absurd. the wrong thing. That's
0: just the wrong thing. Um, so in like a similar vein, and this is again, something that I've been struggling a lot with is like viewing opportunities as stepping stones and then not appreciating them for what they are in the moment is that something that you run into because that's like been a plague for me it's like looking back and i'm like how did i not appreciate that more in the moment but the truth was when i was in it i was like man this is just gonna set me up for the next thing and then for the next thing and it's like like what's the problem with enjoying like
1: where you are now i'm wrestling with that right now and i'm sure i'm gonna look back at nebraska and feel the exact same way like yeah Because right now, I was talking to my dad just on the phone yesterday. Like, I feel like a lack of fulfillment from Nebraska. Not because it's bad. I love those guys, and I love the work environment. I love everything about it. Mm -hmm. But I want to be somewhere else right now. I want to be full-time somewhere. I want to be in my own school. I want to, you know, whatever. I want to be doing new things, fun things, cool things. Right. And Nebraska's fun, but it's just like the, the shell of what I actually want. But at the same time, like, nothing's wrong with being a student and being in the recruiting world and just doing these five edits a week and doing my own personal projects and growing and stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah, there's a season for everything and my season will come in a year and a half when I graduate and you know, I'm looking forward to that. But at the same time, like, yeah, there probably is a part of me. I was like, oh, it's just, it's just one more step I got to get to before I can go be a director yet at Stanford or something like, I, I don't yeah. know,
0: wherever. You've talked a lot about like moving like other places is, is there, like the, 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 the rebirth of how they're here. I wanted to have it be sort of in this vein: how they're here, meaning like how you got here as a person, but then also in the same, uh, same way, mean like how they're here, like w- geographically, like why, yeah. like in the Midwest, because uh, I, I work with these guys, the Back Pocket Podcast, Declan and Andrew, and they have this great saying, which is dominate the sandbox. So yeah. like, dominate the area that you're in. Really focus on the area mm-hmm. that you're in, because that's, that's where you, sick. that's where you have the most con- control. Like, just really, really geographically based. And I think that's awesome, and I, that's what I want this podcast to be like, I don't want to be another guy that talks to other people just for the sake of talking to them because like everybody does that and everybody can do that. Like I want to be the best at talking to entrepreneurs and creatives in the Midwest and even more like in Minneapolis. Like I want to be that guy. Yeah. So I want to talk this season about just like where where we are and why we're here and I think the Midwest is special and America's heartland is special because for a long time it, it has not been seen as like a creative hub or no. as a as a business hub or something But stuff hey, like we're that. getting there. We're getting there. Like in your experience then, what what are some pros? maybe you can list some cons too, I'm sure, but of like Lincoln, Nebraska is not necessarily seen as the creative hub of yeah. of graphic design no. or of just like any really creative visual work in general so what has that been like being somebody like yourself in a place
1: that yeah isn't known for it we're not new york we're not la we're not right we're never going to be that though i mean we're never going to be you know one place like that Uh, people not don't know a lot about lincoln because it's just i mean it's lincoln it's not omaha and it's not you know anything else right we do we do have the huddle headquarters you know the the film yep you know high school film Their headquarters right down the street from old ANHQ. We drive by there on the way to the stadium. I was talking about Um, But Huddle's big. We've got open doors. They're a sports media, social media company. They're really growing, and they're started here in Lincoln by some ex Huskers and stuff like that. I think we've got a lot of really cool stuff that, um, you know, is just is growing here, just from minds that are trying to attach here. I mean, I know, like, I don't want to say, you know, I I know Amazon and Google are trying to get in here because we're we're like in lincoln slash omaha you know that that metropolitan area yeah um they're trying to put you know a data center and uh you know amazon's fulfillment like they see this as a growing area i think so even though it may not be creative hub 101 you're you know like big main spot to be it's at least a growing and developing area and so like you know i i grew up in washington state and moved here when i was in eighth grade i guess um so like i've i've seen all part i'm not i'm not blinded to oh this is just nebraska you know like it's perfect or whatever Yeah, yeah I've lived plenty of other places. My favorite spot in the world is Memphis, Tennessee, and that's more creative hub than here. You know, all that's whatever East coast is way better, but it's one of those concepts where it's like, you know, like there's growth here. Stuff is happening. It's going to get better and we're going to become more attractive to, to people and things that are going to help us grow in that regard. Yeah.
0: And you can kind of do anything anywhere. Not like these days. Totally. Like you were the, you were working for Maryland for a while from you're located in my
1: living room in Lincoln, Nebraska.
0: Exactly. So it's, technology has enabled us to yep. be anything for anybody anywhere and I think giving access to people totally. that aren't geographically around those hubs like oh now we have technology now we can start tapping into like Lincoln Nebraska's that haven't been able to work with all these highbrow creatives that were in LA that thought nobody between the coasts existed
1: that's been a huge thing in the, the like design community sure. recently is that concept of it's 21st century we have slack we have you know cloud we have whatever like Just hire freelancers. Like if if there's someone really talented and they don't want to relocate, don't make them relocate. Use their skills remotely. I mean, there are some jobs that need people. Frankly, that we just the director of design we just hired at the Huskers, he needs to relocate. You need a guy who can work with your team and do some of that stuff. But there are some guys that are like their only task is to make like social graphics and yeah, hire them remotely. One of my good buddies, Patrick, um, he's he's like a few steps ahead of me in the process. I mean, he's, he's light years ahead of where I am, but he's, he's, you know, he's about my age, younger than me actually. I started earlier, you know, all that stuff, real talented kid, but he's been freelancing at Duke for a long time, the, for the blue devils, but he lives in South Carolina. I am Dukes in North Carolina and, you know, he's not far, far away, but he's not at the Duke campus much. And right. that's just how it is. And that's fine because he can do all his work remotely. And, you know, the truth is the Huskers job and all that stuff, like, I work 20 hours a week and most weeks I do 20 hours a week, not in the Husker office, even though I could or want to, I I just don't. And so, you know, it, yeah. Hire remote people, Mm -hmm. hire the Lincoln, Nebraska's Hire the Fargo, North Dakotas, you know, wherever. Yeah. If there's talent there, find the talent, you know? And I think that's the hugest thing about social media. Anybody can be big. If you get, you know, started in the right place or whatever, if you're, Mm You know, whatever like that's that's the spot to be. So
0: yeah, it's like it's so transparent to where like it's just enabled people and it's really shown a light on people that haven't had a light on them in the past where it's like, oh, now we've revealed everybody for what they are good and bad. And the good parts are, you know, really enable a lot of opportunity. Totally. I'm done. That's all I have. Wow. I, well, you know, I would say if we were going to do a breakdown of how much each of us talked. We said, talked so much. Uh, I think you commandeered most of the conversation, which is why this is a podcast that I host. If I wanted to talk more, I should just get on more podcasts. I'll I'll start a podcast, and then I'll have you on as my guest well, that, and we'll even out. Jesus. And that's, and that's why I want to do, like, the solo podcast is, like, look... Tyler wants to talk with nobody around. Tyler's on the soapbox. Uh, yeah, and I'm on the soapbox. So that that first podcast, that first episode will have already been released by the time you're listening to this. So a lot of weird timing things, but yeah, Will, thank you so much for letting me stay in your wonderful um, Victorian style. Uh, you know, early I don't even th- know if it's Victorian. I it's don't know what Victorian style is either. I'm just, <laughs> <gonna>, just <laughs> saying. 1900. Your wonderful. 1900. I mean, if if y'all could see Will's house, it's like a seven and a half bedroom, one bath. <laughs> And the bath is like a, is, do you have like a
1: laundry machine in here? Yeah, it's downstairs.
0: Oh, you have a basement? a basement?
1: Unfinished, but it's a basement. Oh, well, you get like seven more bedrooms in there. Dude, it could be a 14-bed house. I can't
0: believe you counted both those up there as a bedroom, as two bedrooms.
1: I didn't. It's It's literally a three-bedroom house.
0: Yeah, but like, isn't Jacob sleeping in like the outside of your
1: room? No, Jacob's in my room. We're literally sharing that Oh, room. you're sharing a room? Yeah.
0: Oh, I thought you counted that part outside of your room, the stairwell. as. No, I actually counted the upstairs as three bedrooms. <laughs> There's that one on that part. <laughs> that the... third bedroom would that be side, brutal. Yeah. side next to the stair in the middle. That's bedroom. the corner. Well, yeah, it, it looks like a it looks like a waiting room to get into Will's room. It's like, That's what it is. Mr. Stone has not seen anybody. Will, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I appreciate Always. you so much. Best of luck to you uh, going forward. You got a lot of things to figure out, my man. So do you, though. <laughs> Tell me about <laughs> it. And we can look back at this podcast and be like, man, we were stupid idiots.
1: But I can't wait. I can't wait in five years. We're hanging out at your seven-bedroom house that's actually seven bedrooms. and One bath, though. <laughs> no, no, no. You're, this is going to be like four baths. Seven I, bed, I, four I, bath. Yeah, probably like three and a half. On Lake Michigan. And on Lake Michigan. We can, we can grill out and yeah. talk about the days that we were on the podcast together.
0: I mean, I probably still have a podcast. It'll just be better and bigger
1: than ever. No, of course. It'll be like number two in the world at that point. And yeah, not number one. The we'll be two. we will we can have like a At, segment npr will still be around unfortunately the segment can be called uh grill talk and grill, we can
0: be <laughs> it'll be like that like jimmy's not playing well on the travel team exactly no, and like, we, can
1: be, we, can be, we can be we can be talking about our kids aau careers and uh we'll do we talking oh we gotta flip it yeah <laughs> hey <laughs> move it up to the top rack <laughs> I, I'm yeah, here
0: This for one looked look done, well. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, Oh, wait, you got to let that one bubble up. Oh, we well look. done. What are we in? Pink on the inside. Communists?
0: <laughs> all right, Well, that's all I have. You have to go work or something. Something like that. Go Salt Dogs. Go Salt Dogs. All right. Thank you, Will. And that is it for this episode. If you enjoyed, there's more to come. An episode of How They're Here releases every other Wednesday. This season, I'll be talking to an even wider spread of creatives, founders, friends, and contemporaries, and I might even go solo every now and again. So stay tuned to How They're Here, wherever you listen to podcasts, because you're sure to find something you'll like. In the meantime, check us out on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook by searching How They're Here, or find me online at TylerMWeb2Connect. If you want to hear more from us, make sure to rate and subscribe. It helps us stay in business. Thank you, as always, for listening, and I'll talk to you all soon. Peace.